is SBR, the People's Pod, giving you unfiltered and unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliff. He's Joe. Welcome back, everybody. What's up, everyone? <laughs> no, it's it's not that loud. <laughs> Cliff is so loud, guys. The you appropriate guys amount of volume. It probably sounds loud to you when you listen to this. I'm talking to I'm talking to the, the listeners. The people. But they don't even know how loud it is because I'm editing it and I'm lowering that initial volume when you come in. <laughs> and even over the music, it's coming in over the music. The music is fading out and you're coming in and it's still, it's so loud. I know that maybe I say subconsciously know the music is coming in. So I'm like, oh, I got to overshoot the music. I ain't trying to have my... <laughs> <laughs> words be overpowered by music but it's like the music's not playing right now <laughs> and you know i'm gonna edit the music like it's not <laughs> it's just a record it's separately recorded like that's already been recorded that track was was put down you know a couple decades ago <laughs> And yet you're still trying to overpower it for some reason. What's up, everyone? What's up? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> oh, gosh. Welcome back, everybody. If you, if you didn't listen to the last episode, you didn't hear our 10-minute special deep cut, go back, listen to it. I'm very, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> I'm oh, very gosh. proud. Gosh. <laughs> don't do it guys there are more important things to do you left a really long pause in between so people like would it's be like oh like, there's, there's nothing left it's only like 20 seconds or something <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about the Warriors dynasty and their future we're going to talk about a children's book that's making waves but we have to start with Chris Evans tweet that sparked a war on the internet and I'm not talking about the Avengers Endgame Trailer 2 that just dropped. I'm talking about his controversial rankings of the chips in a box of snack packs at catering. <laughs> that was kind of a mouthful. <laughs> Wait, what is this? Chips in a box of snack packs at catering. You know those... You know those... <laughs> You what know those that? chips that come in like this box, like the variety pack? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the little, the little bags. Yeah, yeah, the little guys. Okay, like you lunch, know, like yeah, like lunch. like lunch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Okay. He okay. he ranked these chips like they, there was there was a guy that posted a video and he ranked them. Then Chris Evans came out. He was like, "No, this is the real rankings," and then it caused a storm. Wow. Okay. So we, as the expert rankers, have to rank this. What says what were his rankings? So his rankings. So there's 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 six chips. He ranked Cool Ranch Doritos number one. Wow. Cheetos number two. Nacho Cheese Doritos number three. Fritos number four. Barbecue Lay's number five, and Original Lay's number six. Hmm. Man, Controversial no, or real? No love for the Lay's, huh? <laughs> He's got Fritos at four. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Well, I disagree. I mean, <laughs> this is why it's causing a storm. I mean, I disagree. I'm not, I'm not passionate about this, but 
what's what's your rankings? What's you your, need to break, obviously, you need to break the fire. <laughs> you've obviously thought about this already. So what okay. what are your rankings? I, I think the obvious number one is nacho cheese Doritos. Obviously, it's number one. It's vintage. It's classic. It's cheesy. It's crunchy. And at that right amount of crunch that the Doritos provides, that has to be number one. Number two, you got to go with Cheetos. Cheesy again, crunchy again, always fresh, always the right amount. Cool Ranch Doritos, I think, are a young man's game. (laughs) (laughs) What? They're better when you're younger, but as you get older, you just don't appreciate it as much. It's it's just a little too much flavor. Mm. Then you get you the barbecue. You can't handle that flavor, huh? A little bit too much. It's too just much too much. It's it's like when things are just. I just had a country fried steak the other day, and I was like, I love country fried steak, but then it was just a little too salty, and I was like, you know, it's did a little you, too um, much. Did you use your uh, senior citizens discount on that country fried steak? I did look at the fifty-five and over menu, and I was <laughs> like, you know what? That's still starting to look pretty good. A little bit of vegetables, a little bit of rice pilaf. Oh man. <laughs> But then I have barbecue Lay's, I have Fritos, and then I have original Lay's at the bottom. No one likes original Lay's. Why? No one likes original anything. Everything has to be flavored. They put these original Lay's and Fritos because they can't sell them, so they put them in these snack packs. I know how the marketing works. They trick I, you. I see, I see why this is creating a firestorm on the internet. <laughs> Because I disagree with you. What? <laughs> How is this possible? I dis I disagree, and you know I didn't care much when you told me Chris Evans' list, but now that you gave me your list, <laughs> and you were so so you wrong, were, <laughs> you were so confident that your list was correct, and now I'm thinking that's the way that Chris Evans presented his list because he was correcting someone else who correct. he thought had the wrong list. Correct. I can see why people are upset. Okay. I don't, I don't even have – I mean, I'm just thinking – I'm just thinking about this right now. This is coming yeah, off the top of my head. Of course. Head. I'm going to put Cool Ranch at number one. I'm going to agree Whoa! with Captain America. Whoa. Whoa. agree with Captain America. Yeah. I think – I like I like nacho – I'll put nacho cheese Doritos at number two. Okay. I do so like the, them. Doritos are at the top. Yeah. Pro- oh. Yeah. I put I both Doritos at the shapes. top. I put both Doritos at the top. I think, see, you're you really like the cheese. I could see that in your ranking. You had nacho cheese number one because they were cheesy, and then Cheetos was your number two because they were also cheesy. But I think it's because cheese is the cheese has flavor without being overpowering. Uh, but it has that kind of. It's like nookie. Like I don't know. You know, I don't know how to. It's gross. Well, not gr- it's it, it. You feel well. Cheese has that effect, right? Like where you can get into the kind of food coma territory, <laughs> right? You can get into the kind of I feel. Yeah, I guess gross is it has I diminishing returns. Has diminishing yeah, returns. Exactly. Exactly. I think if this was one chip, <laughs> if there were one chip, <laughs> I would put nacho cheese Doritos at the top. But if it's the whole bag. I'd rather have Cool Ranch. I swear we've had this exact argument with <laughs> with NBA players. Is it one season or is it 
the next if it's a five. whole bag. Well, well, one ship is like one game. Okay, a bag is a season, and a lifetime supply is their career. So I, I go. If it's one ship, I would go. I, I, I might agree with your list, but so my list is Cool Ranch, Nacho Cheese, Doritos. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. I think most people agree that the Doritos are in some order at the top. I'm going to go three. I'm going to go barbecue Lay's. Whoa! Cheetos four. Original Lay's five. And I got Fritos. Oh, you got Fritos at the I bottom. Got, I got Fritos on the bottom. I think, as you said, Cool Ranch Doritos are a young man's game. I think <laughs> Fritos are a young man's game. I think Fritos are so salty. And when I was young, I loved it because it was just like pure salt. <laughs> You know, it was like chip with your salt. And now I think the older I got, it's just it moved down the list. It moved down, 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 down. Now it's at number six. <laughs> I might put it at number seven after just nothing. I'll just eat a sandwich with no chips. <laughs> the, when people listen to this, they're either going to be like, wow, they're really thinking outside the box. Or, man, they ran out of things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> No, some people are going to be, like, like, angrily disagreeing. <laughs> They're going to be like, what? Oh, topic on the internet right now. How do you have Cheetos so low or so high? How do you not have Fritos higher? If it was those barbecue race car Fritos, I like those. <laughs> or, or whatever they are, Twisters. The Twisters. Oh, yeah. Or the Chili Cheese Fritos. Or the ch chili Cheese yeah. Which are also really salty, but I'm okay with those. They have enough flavor to overcome. Yes. They've got that little sweet in there. Mm -hmm. Or something. Something else. I don't, I don't know what, what it is, actually. I think something about the shape of Fritos. It's just <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's not appetizing. <laughs> what is it? Why is it shaped <laughs> like that? Yeah, it, it's like a piece of tape that's curled. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I, I don't know. It's not natural. But I got to be honest, I don't think I've eaten any of these chips in, like, a long time. What? Really? Yeah, I don't I don't get any of these chips. Yeah, you know why? Because they're far inferior than kettle chips. You give me any kettle chips in any flavor, original, anything, they're far superior to anything these guys Oh, know. yeah, kettle chips. Jalapeno, barbecue, <laughs> salt and pepper, cracked... Yeah, I mean, they're I'm all. Look at how dumb this is. <laughs> they're all way better than these. You know what's funny is when I was making this rundown, I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good topic. I was, I was like, all pumped. I was like, yeah, this is really smart. Why did you think that? <laughs> <laughs> what, what made you think that? Because this is what the kids are doing, all right? This is what the young kids are doing. I got to tell you a story. So I, I um, bought a present for my nephew. Uh, he he really wanted a bass guitar, and uh, I I got him a a Squire bass guitar, and uh, he he was like, hey, man, I, I I'm so excited. It, it was, man, this is so gas. I'm I'm like, this is awesome. And I was like, is that a typo <laughs> or is gas a slang term for something? <laughs> And I felt so old, and I uh, I, I have a, a channel at work, and I, uh, I I Slack channeled, and I asked everybody in this channel called Random. I was like, "Is gas a slang term for something cool?" <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And uh, I don't know if you've seen 30 Rock, but do you remember when um, uh, the guy from uh, Boardwalk Empire, what's his name? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Steve Buscemi? Yeah, Steve Buscemi. He, uh-huh. He's undercover in high school. And he goes, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the meme that I got over and over and over. And apparently it actually is a slang term for something. Like something good. Uh, but so I was, I'm trying to be cool for all this. Yeah, this is, I think, but the same thing is happening again. Right <laughs> I think we need to reuse the meme for this moment now because it's happening again. Now you're just like the... The old uncle who's trying to be cool, who's trying to double down on going undercover being cool. See, you know what you get from me, guys? I don't do <laughs> stuff like that, right? I I was never cool. I wasn't cool when I was young. So I'm not going to try to be cool now. I've been posing for years, and I'm still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's talking in a circle. I squeeze in. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> uh, so... so are we going to talk about basketball today or what? <laughs> Warriors. We got we to gotta build up to the Warriors. All right. That was our official chip ranking. All right. We're going to hit you back with definitely maybe Warriors edition. Next. All right. And we're back from your three-second music break. Definitely, maybe, Warriors Dynasty Edition, Joe. Here we go. Question one for you. Definitely, maybe, the Warriors will win the championship this year. Oh, man. For the first time ever doing this, I want to use more than one maybe. Uh... Let me let me walk you through some things about the Warriors. Okay. They've had some close calls, right? Three years ago, they lost that 3-1 lead to the Cavs. They were down 3-1 to the Thunder. Last year, they were down 3-2 to Houston. Uh, you know, CP3 gets hurt in Game 6. They go 0-27 on threes in Game 7. And as bad as that was for Houston, you know, the Warriors were only up 80 to 73 in game seven with 10 minutes left in the fourth. Some concerns, right? Boogie coming back off an injury, you know, he, he's a big person this year. He's, but he doesn't look completely like himself, especially on defense. Uh, their best five-player lineup is not with Boogie. It's with Iggy. 22.7 net differential versus with Boogie. Their five-player lineup is only 2.2, plus 2.2. Right. They have a four-year decrease in regular season win percentage right now. They went from 89%, 82%, 71%, and 68% this season. Their net rating also, they went from 10 point, plus 10.7, plus 11.6, plus 6, plus 5.8 this season. But... You know, the pros are they've had uh, five players that were all-stars a season prior. No team in NBA history has ever had that collection of talent. I, don't, I believe not. Uh, they're about to hit some historic 
historic feats, right? No team in the modern era, and I'm calling the modern era the past 40 years, since 1980, has gone to five finals in a row. There have been a few teams that have gone to three finals in a row. The 82-85 Lakers, they went four in a row. The Celtics, 80-47, went four in a row. 87-89 Lakers, three in a row. 88-89 Pistons, wait, that doesn't make sense. 88-90 to Pistons, three in a row. The Bulls, twice, three-peated. The Lakers in, in Kobe Shaq Lakers. The Kobe Powell Lakers. The Miami Heat. The Cavs. And the Warriors. They're about to hit, if possible, five finals in a row, which hasn't been done in the modern era. There have been only four quote-unquote title teams with like same relatively same recurring teams. Magic and Kareem, they have five rings in nine years. Jordan's Bulls, they have six rings in eight years. And there's only been three three-peat teams, two Jordan teams and one Kobe Shaq team. And the Warriors have a chance to hit that three-peat this year. There's a lot of fatigue going into this, right? If you, ha- if you, go, to the, if you go to the dance that many times, you're going to end up being fatigued. You know, you can already see it, a lot of deterioration between Draymond. There's that talk about the clip with cursing. I'm so sick of Draymond. Right. Draymond yelling at KD. KD being tired of it, not being his team. KD coming out with, I don't want to talk to the media. David West last year saying, you don't know what went on behind the scenes. Boogie still getting texts. You know, Clay being streaky and Steph being Steph. Like, Steph's basically the one consistent of all this. Amongst all of that, definitely, maybe, the Warriors will win the championship this year. I'll go definitely. (laughs) I'll go definitely. So you're betting on they're going to have a historic, historic run after this? Or... They're going to win this and be very historic. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think, well, there's a few reasons. Um, one, I KD has only been the past two years. Yep. He's only been to the finals the past two years. So I understand the point about it's difficult and title teams get fatigued. But KD has only been, you know, to two finals in a row he only has two rings you know this would be his third this would be a three-peat and there is i mean there's an expectation for them to succeed i think if katie wins this year uh this is kind of the final piece in the validation of his of his going to golden state right if he only got the two rings and then he doesn't win this year then it's kind of like LeBron in Miami. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. It's kind of like LeBron in Miami. And he actually did something that was like he joined a better team, right, on paper that or a team that was better without him basically um than Miami was without LeBron. <clears throat> so right. since they were literally, you know, a few minutes away from a title, you know, without him. So and they have the best regular season record of all time before he came. So I think KD's motivation is different. He's the best player on the team, and he's still highly motivated to win a championship. I think Steph, while Steph and Clay 
and maybe even Draymond might have a little bit of championship fatigue. I think because KD is still motivated, and then the other factor is because Boogie came on this year and he has no ring, and he hasn't even done anything in the playoffs, um, you know, he's going to be highly motivated. And I do think he's rounding into form. I know that you gave that stat. Um, Iggy plus 22, Boogie plus 2.2. But I'm sure that also includes, like, Boogie's been getting better, you mm-hmm. know, game by game. So obviously at the beginning, he wasn't as good uh, offensively or defensively, defensively as he is today. And I think once the playoffs start, he'll be even better. And there's no back-to-backs. And you're prepared for every team. And, you know, all you have to do is play the same team over and over. I think that... In that situation, the Warriors become better and every other team gets worse as the games go on. And so, you know, I mean, yeah, I still think that Houston has a very a small chance. I still think OKC has a small chance. I still think, you know, some other teams in the East have a small chance. But, um, yeah, I'm just going to – I don't want to use my maybe, so I'm just going to say definitely. Would you take – would you bet on – the Warriors or the field? If you had a bet. Yeah, I'd still bet on the Warriors. Me too. I think this is one of those perfectly timed cosmic moments where they have a historically great championship team. Yeah. They they won't ever have this team again. Like this is the last iteration of this team. Uh, because Boogie won't sign here, like, or KD will leave, and there is this collection will never be together again. Right. So I think from that standpoint, you know, there is a high motivation to get the job done, and like you said, Boogie is really hungry to prove himself and to get a get a contract after this right. to prove that he can be a good teammate and all this stuff. And KD's trying to prove his legacy, all this stuff. And even if they are dysfunctional, their talent is so much greater than the next couple people. They'd really have to face a 4 Pistons-level team where they're gelling so perfectly. Defensively. Defensively. Right. And perfectly. uh, Where they're fighting for each other and they're fighting for every possession and gnawing and clawing to every win. And I just don't see that there's a team that looks exactly like that. Maybe we will see one that shows up in the playoffs. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks could possibly do that. But uh, at this point, I just don't think so. I, yeah. I, and, and they'll have to get crazy help from the refs, the other team, you know, to win. Like, because the, the games would have to be in this era, I would think they'd have to be under 100 for the Warriors to, to lose four games in a series. Do you know what I mean? Or at least a couple of the games have to be like under 100 points, both teams. And I just, I don't know. It seems, it doesn't seem possible. It's hard. It's hard because the Warriors have the ability to just be backbreaking. Right. You could, you could be up 15 and then all of a sudden that Steph, KD, and Clay will hit three threes in a row and then you're only up six. Right. You know, and it, it, it happens just like that. And it's so hard to stay disciplined defensively when that happens. You know, when they go on a little, like, 12-0 run, it's, like, hard to think, like, ah, oh, but we got to keep playing the same way we're playing and let Steph, you know, shoot 35-footers. And, like, he'll miss eventually. But it's like, ah, oh, but he just – he made three. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he, he just made three. Like, can we 
really do that, you know? And I just think it's so hard to be that, you know, disciplined. Okay. Definitely, maybe their biggest challenger is in the West. <sighs> Man. I know there's some hard ones, right? Well, this isn't even a. How would, how would you use your. Oh, well, yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I'd say. Uh, I'm going to say definitely not. Whoa, that's a hot take. Yeah, I'm going to say definitely not. You think the Bucks are a hotter, the biggest challenger? So you know you know what I think still? What? Boston. Yeah. I still think that the biggest challenge to the Warriors, I think the best competition that they could face if they face them is is Boston. Boston now, but, at the peak. Yeah, but I'll also say I think the Bucks will give them more of a challenge than either OKC or Houston. I see. Which, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. cheat here. I'm gonna say definitely the biggest challenger is in the West. It's themselves. It's themselves. <laughs> it's themselves. They they the only way they lose is if they implode. That to me that's like the only way. They they their threes run up dry. They're they just don't play defense. I I don't think a team will beat them. I think they can only choke. Mm. Um, but if I wasn't cheating, uh, I still think Houston has something on them. They're, they, they have that chip on their shoulder from last year. And as long as Chris Paul stays healthy, and that's a big if, he is a big presence in the, you know, we are, they're not the big dogs. We can take them out. And he has to bring up Harden. <laughs> No, put him on his back. You know. No, I mean, uh, look, I I don't believe this is the really the problem with great players who aren't clutch, because it, it's a huge problem, right? And particularly if you're not a big man, mm -hmm. because if you're a big man, there is some kind of cover for you not being clutch because you can't bring the ball down, you can't initiate offense from the top of the key, basically. And also, there's not a high expectation for you to necessarily be a good free throw shooter. Mm -hmm. So because of those things, it's like, you know, it's always kind of come down to wing players to be able to to take over in those clutch moments. But right. if you're the best player on a team and you're a wing player like James Harden is, yeah, and you're not clutch, your team can't, like, recover from that. I feel mm -hmm. like the team psychology is such that they've depended on you all season and you've come up big in those moments. And, and even if you haven't, right, it's like they've just relied on you one way or the other. And so it's hard for a team suddenly in the playoffs when you're coming up small to kind of just change their makeup and their culture and just be like, hey, all of a sudden we have to cover our best player. That's our best player and it's it's clutch time and he's just not doing well. So we have to like change things. And there's a reason that coaches don't do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Coaches, like if the, if the best player is all of a sudden choking, like coaches don't say, all right, 
uh, James is sucking right now. <laughs> you know, like we're gonna change our plan, right? Like, hey, uh, PJ, you take all the big shots, right? Like, like we're gonna totally change everything, and now you know you're gonna be the one to like initiate that. There's a reason they don't do that because it's gonna kill that player, mm-hmm. right? Like he will never recover from that. You know, when you're the best player, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, but you suck in the clutch, and we all know it, and so we can't rely on you, and so we're gonna we're gonna do something else completely. Like if your culture is such that it's always just the hot man takes, you know, you know what I mean, shoots, then that's fine. But if you're like Houston and you just depend on James Harden to be your entire system, and then he can't deliver in those moments. You can't win like that. I don't think it's possible to beat the Golden State Warriors unless James Harden outplays Kevin Durant like significantly. That's the only way, and I just don't think he will do that. Your argument is basically LeBron James circa 2011. It's you can't you can't take him out because it'll cripple him. Yeah, well, yeah. there's like nothing you can do basically. But but it's better to take him out for the team. But it not. would be, yeah. It would have been better if he got hurt. Yeah, I think they would have won. <laughs> if he got hurt, <laughs> had he gotten hurt, had he, you know, twisted an ankle after game two, then the Heat would have probably won that series. Because so, Dwayne Wade just would have taken over. Dirk really would have started time. having nightmares from 2006. <laughs> that he would have started, kind of like, you know, not choking, but he would have kind of. Uh, That's like, interesting. There would have been fear, right? Like, there would have been anxiety in his brain. Like, when the best player on the court starts choking, you feel so empowered as the opponent because you're like, oh, he's sucking now, right? And then every time you make a bucket and the uh, and he sucks, you're like, oh, dude, like, I'm giving it to him. And it feels so good, right? It's like, oh, yes, I'm conquering him just mentally, and we are just dominating them. And you know it's crippling for their team. So I, I feel like that's what happens to the Rockets when – James Harden doesn't perform. They're just like, oh, what do we do? Our best player is just like sucking, you know, like. It, it's then- like in tennis. It's momentum. It's, yes. it's really mental momentum, yeah. right? Momentum. When you, when you, when you break, when you break a serve and you break a serve again, you win a set. It's that momentum is just monumental and it's so hard to overcome. And sports is all about confidence, right? Every sport. Mm-hmm. It's like football too, right? All of a sudden, you know, Tom Brady comes on the field, he's driving down, and the defense just cannot get it together, right? You're like, oh my gosh, no matter what we do, he finds the open man. He's picking us apart. And then you start second-guessing. And, you know, in professional sports, when everything is about these kind of split-second, just instinctive reactions, and you're second-guessing yourself, like if you're on Houston and James Harden is like, dribble, 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 step back three— when it goes up and you can kind of – if you slow everything down and look at the players' faces, you can see their reactions when he misses. Mm. It's kind of like, oh, dang it, you know? And it's like two, three misses in a row. It's like, oh, man. You can see in their faces that kind of, oh, why is he doing that? Or like maybe we should do something else or like I hope, I hope, I hope it goes – oh, no, it missed. And it's kind of this just resignation like we're probably going to lose. You know, there's this feeling that, like, oh, we're probably going to lose. And then, you know, Steph comes down, hits a three, and you're just like, uh, yeah, we're going to lose. <laughs> like, let's just – let's leave. <laughs> it's over. I, I just randomly thought of this. Do you think the 2011 Miami Heat sans LeBron James is better or worse than the 2006 Miami Heat championship team?
Probably better. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Probably better. I mean, Shaq, honestly... He it's Shaq act- versus Bosh, basically. Yeah, and Shaq... I can't remember his numbers that series, but he didn't play that well. He wasn't I mean, the want, finals MVP. He didn't, I'm pretty sure he did not average 20 points in that series. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dwayne Wade was a freaking monster in that series. He was like 33, 7, and 7, something like that. I don't know. He was crazy. Um, probably more, maybe more points. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was probably better. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And and cuz that means that Dirk would have seen nightmares again against a better team. Even though he was better at this point too. Yeah. Um All right, let's look up these stats. Dwayne Wade, 35 8 4 3 steals, 1 block in that series. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. He did not average as many. Yeah. But yeah. Shaq 13 uh, 14 10 3 14 points per game? Yeah. Dang, it's worse than I thought. I thought it was like 16, 17. You know how bad it is? Antoine Walker has a higher points per game than he does. Oh, man. Shaq. That's how you know. Big Diesel. It's crazy. Like, Dwayne Wade doesn't get enough credit for that championship. No. He was by far the best player on that team. I don't know why people think Shaq was still good then. He wasn't. He was was okay. Yeah, I mean, he was okay. Like, he was still he was still good, right? But he wasn't anything close to what he was, you know, a few years prior. No, it's like we talked about, right? Shaq's prime was one year. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Shaq is, Shaq is a mountain peak, right? All, going all the way up and then all, all the way down. He didn't have the discipline to keep it up, but his prime, when he was hungry, oh, man. Yeah, it was it was crazy, but he was he was on the way down even in this Miami series, even in a, even in L.A. He was he was oh, on the no. way. Oh, four. Yeah. He was already. Yeah. I mean, he was on his way down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even oh one. He wasn't as good as he was in 2000. Yeah. 2000 was he was a monster. Yeah, he was yeah. hungry. He wanted a championship real bad. When he finally got it, he got full really fast. <laughs> but man, even Shaq on the decline is still so good. Even Shaq on the decline, he's better than every center in the league right now. Yeah, he's so good. Okay, another one for you. Draymond Green is in the Warriors' long-term plans. Definitely, maybe. Dang! Oh gosh, I want to say maybe on every single one of these. Let me give you some more data. So Draymond typically hovers around 16 to 19 PER at, while he was an all-star the previous three years. He's now dropped to 12.8 this season. Ugh. His PER contemporaries, plus two, below two, Alec Burks, <laughs> Ersan Ilyasova, Dario Saric, and Marco Bellinelli. Wow. That said, his stats have stayed fairly consistent, but his scoring is what's glaring, has dropped from 11 to 7. I mean, obviously, room for DeMarcus. Wow. His VORP has dropped by 50% this year. He's, he's due for $18.5 million next season. He's already on the books for next season, 
Will they offer him an extension? Will they sign him in the offseason? Will they trade him? I don't know. Is Draymond Green in the long-term plans for the Warriors? I'm going to say definitely not. Hmm. Like, And what I mean by that is I don't – that doesn't necessarily mean they won't sign him, but I don't think they really care that much if they sign him or not. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, you know, obviously Steph, Clay, KD are in their long-term plans. Yeah. Like they have plans for those players and they want to keep those players and they want to do things with those players. I don't think I think Draymond like you said the Steve Kerr thing, you know, he's he's sick of Draymond. Um that's a paraphrase, <laughs> you know, um KD obviously had a run in with Draymond early in the year. They've had beef and Draymond just generally, um, I think I heard Colin Cowherd say something about this, and he said something like, "Star players, like when star players have run-ins with non-star players, you know, they kind of get sick of of the non-star players, right? You know, and um, like when Jordan I, punched Steve Kerr, <laughs> right? Yeah." <laughs> I, I do think that, like, Draymond acts like he is better than he actually is. This is true. He's one of those guys that, like, you know, on the basketball court, it's like he's, like, too crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when you out play pickup basketball. Yeah, and he's kind of out of control. And he's like, he's like a guy that, like, if you foul him, you know, he goes crazy. I see. You know, as if you that, did the worst temper? thing in the world. That yeah, unnecessary you, temper? Yeah, do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like, dude. Like, calm down. It wasn't a crazy foul. It was a regular foul. You're not the greatest player on the planet. You know, you're just a regular guy. Check this ball. isn't it's fine. the NBA. Check yeah, ball. You know it's I mean? fine. Draymond's like overly dramatic, you know, and he's like making a seed. You know, it's like guys get sick of those guys. Yeah. Right. It's like you, you, you stop wanting to play with a guy like that after a while. You want, you want people that create harmony, right? You you want a work environment where you know that it's going to be consistent. You don't want to come to the work environment where someone's like calling people out, throwing papers on the floor, <laughs> like like changing things last minute. You know, I I think those antics do get really old. The thing is, though, is he the heart of the team? You know, I I know he thinks he's better than he is, but he does play an important role in that. He is supposed to be like, like in the Laker championship days, the Lamar, right? Like the Lamar Odom, where he's like the heart, like the the person talking in the huddles. Okay. Like, mm. Wait, but let's really think about this. Because, you know, people use this argument all the time, right? Yep. But let's really, let's do what we do, okay? Let's actually look at what happened. Okay. When was Draymond Green the heart and soul of the team? I would say maybe 2015. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. They won the championship. They yep. did. Draymond was that kind of tough guy. Yep. Nobody, none of them had won before. They needed that tough guy, that kind of big brother to come in and legitimize them defensively and just give them that kind of tough guy mentality. Right. Because mm-hmm. maybe they weren't quite as mentally tough. They were a little bit mentally fragile. You know, Steph wasn't exactly stepping up. Okay. So then. Yes, Draymond Green was the heart of the team, right? Mm-hmm. I would say he was the heart and soul of the team. 2016, was he the heart and soul of the team? Maybe, but they lost. Mm-hmm. 
Like that's what happens when you rely on somebody like Draymond Green. Because what happened? He got mad. He had texts. He got. He ended up getting himself suspended. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I mean, yeah, LeBron baited him, and he probably shouldn't even have gotten suspended for that. But it's his own fault, right? He brought it on himself. He mm-hmm. has that reputation. He got. He's the one who got all the other technical fouls too, and he mm-hmm. put himself. He put the team in a compromised position. They lost that game that he was suspended, and it hurt them. And so they get. They go out and and get KD, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the last two years, what has Draymond Green done? But he was the one that called KD. He called KD. Who cares, right? <laughs> the last two years since KD's got here, what has Draymond Green done? Nothing, right? Did they need him? No, they haven't needed him. Go back and look at every series, right? Draymond Green's never saved them. They never really needed his defense. They really, they never really needed his toughness, right? I mean... He's he's been expendable really for for the past couple seasons. I mean, when it comes down to it, they they were never really tested in the playoffs. The one time was against Houston, and in that series, Draymond didn't do anything, right? I mean, you know, he was present. You know, he did his kind of normal stuff. He played, right. but I mean, was he really that necessary? Could not a replacement player have done basically what he did in that series? Probably. I mean, I think he's been overrated for three seasons. Like, I've, you know, this is what I've been saying. But I think, you know, they haven't needed him. I'm with you. I think, I think being the heart only carries you thus far. You got to have skills. Well, I and... think if the team was the without KD, like the old team, yeah. I, I think at that time they did need Draymond. And also, look, Draymond was better. He was a better player he like, was. physically. He was Yeah, faster. he was playing better yep. defense. Yeah, he was doing a lot Move of different his feet things. feet better, yep. I think he's improved offensively slightly over the past couple of seasons, but defensively he's declined a lot, and that's his real value. And so, you know, him losing that, and then you got KD's been playing crazy defense the past couple of seasons, right? Maybe not this season, but since he went yeah. to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he's been playing well. So, I mean, I just think KD has been the one that they needed in those moments. And post-KD, even post-KD, it's like Clay and Steph at this point, they're they're three-time champions. They're going to be four-time champions. I mean, they know what it takes to win at this point. You know what I mean? And they don't. I don't think they need Draymond as much as maybe they did back in 2015. No. They need someone else for that amount of money. You can always right. find you can always find another Draymond, right? But a different version because I don't think they need a fire up type of guy anymore. Now I think they need someone soothing, calming, Battie esque type right. of person. No, I mean if they had like even if they had kind of fiery guys, but just not Draymond level. Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine if they had, like, P.J. Tucker or, like, Trevor Ariza or, like, sure. you know, some of those Houston guys, right? Sure. You know, some of those kind of 3 and D guys or, like, even, like, a Farid, like, these kind of, you know, energy guys, guys that can bring something defensively or off the bench or, you know, whatever, right? Just kind of play their roles. I mean, there's tons of guys like that in the league. They won't be as versatile as Draymond, but they can – they'll do enough. You have enough offense. You don't need – all his passing and all that kind of stuff, his real values has been defensive and he's not really bringing that anymore. I am with you. I think definitely not in the Warriors' long-term plans. But more more because I think Bob Myers is a very good GM. Mm. And I think Bob Myers will see that he has been deteriorating and that his impact on the team is basketball-wise and locker room-wise is 
detrimental to the club. So will he be able to trade him next season? Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think so. Like, what no. is he even going to be able to get? No. Um, so I think he's going to walk. And Draymond's not going to be able to get the contract that he wants. And it might be a sad ending for him. He might be out of the league in a couple years. I think it will be sad. Okay. Moving on to a little more valuable piece. Definitely, maybe, Clay will leave the Warriors this summer. Definitely not. (laughs) Clay is 29, a free agent. He's looking for the max. He's hitting career highs in points, attempts, rebounds, steals. But he's also hitting nearly career lows in three-point percentage and free throw percentage. But unlike Draymond, he's consistently at 16 to 17 PER the past three seasons. But again, he's pretty extremely streaky this year. He's had games of 5, 9, 9 at 29%, 31% shooting, 13% shooting. Then he's also had 52, 44, 43 at 62% shooting, 85% shooting, which was the crazy game where he hit 10 of 11 threes, 62% shooting. I think the big question mark here goes is that clay turned down an extension of 102 million over four years which is roughly 26 million dollars he said no and he wanted to be a free agent and zach Lowe reported thompson has no plans to take a discount and the warriors don't expect him to league sources say he wants a max so the warriors have to offer him a max to get him to stay but that obviously cuts into a lot of some of these other players definitely maybe is clay gonna stay yeah. <laughs> yeah, I already answered in the first oh, yeah. five seconds. <laughs> he's not gonna leave. I don't. There's, there's. He's not gonna leave. Yeah, I mean, he has no reason to leave. He's not an alpha. He doesn't want to be an alpha. He doesn't want his own team. He knows he's streaky. He knows his personality. He likes Steph. He likes the Warriors. He likes everything about it. Like, there's zero reasons for him to leave unless he falls in love with a girl <laughs> in some other city you know it's, that that's literally the, michael thompson that's that's literally the only thing that i can <laughs> think of that would compel him to not re-sign with the warriors yeah, also, and he wants a max and they're gonna give him a max and the and the math works out because they're not gonna sign draymond so it's easy <laughs> no draymond's a free agent the next season not this season they have to pay him 18.5 yeah, but I mean, they'll sign. What I'm saying is, they'll sign Clay to the max, and then they'll make up the money the following season. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. Definitely, he's staying. Here's a quote from the Warrior CEO: "We could do whatever we want financially, <laughs> yeah. and you should expect that's not going to be a reason. That's not going to be a reason this team doesn't stay great going forward. We have the capital to pay our players what they deserve, and we will. They they're printing money, man, and they got the new arena. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They're gonna pay him." Definitely, maybe Kevin Durant will leave this summer. Maybe. Oh. If had... you listen to this program, we don't use that very often. <laughs> we try really hard to stay to this game. We're only supposed to use one maybe in this game, and we don't use a lot of maybes. But this this is my this is my one. I, this might be my first maybe. I think. <laughs> I think I've used one before, but. I just think it's it's he could leave. I could totally see him leaving. I could see him going to New York. Yep. I could see him going to the Clippers even. Whoa. 
And I could see him staying in Golden State. Okay. Wow. What does he do? If you were a betting man, what does he do? My gut tells me he's leaving. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if the season goes the way that it seems like it will, which is the Warriors will win the championship mm-hmm. without too much fanfare. Like, I don't think it's going to be incredibly dramatic. I think once the playoffs starts, you know, once the playoffs start, everything's going to calm down. Boogie's mm-hmm. going to look better. Draymond's mm-hmm. going to just do what he's supposed to do. He's not going to cause a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Steph and Clay and Katie, they're just going to be balling out. They're going to pretty much run through the West. I think they'll have a little bit of trouble with either Houston or OKC. It'll be like a six-game series. I don't think it'll be even as dramatic as it was last year. They'll go to the finals. It will be a little bit more. I mean, it'll definitely be better than the Cavs. It'll be like a six-game series again. Yeah, six-game series with like the Bucks or the Celtics or the Raptors, whatever. And then it'll just have a feeling to me. I think it will have a feeling of finality. Yeah. Right. It'll be the end of the trilogy. You know, everyone will feel happy. They'll all feel like, okay, we did it. You know, KD will feel like I did what I set out to do here. I won three championships in three years. And now I'm going to go kind of do my own thing. It's an end game. It's Avengers end game. It just seems like it. You know, it seems like, like there are these, I just think, and a lot of it has to do, I don't think a lot of it has to do with NBA stuff. Right. Yeah. For KD, I just feel like it has to do with his personal life. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think he's going to feel something at the end of this season where he's going to feel like, you know what, like just kind of it's time to move on. You know, it's not going to be for any particular reason. It's not because he doesn't like Draymond or because he feels like he's not getting particular credit in the media. I don't think it's really going to be because of any of those things. It's just going to be like, you know, I did it. I came here and I just feel like I don't have that much more to do here. You know, and it was never really his city. It was never really his team to begin with. And he's just going to be like, you know, I'm just going to go somewhere else and kind of start to create my own, like put down roots, you know, create my own community and family and legacy and like do my own thing somewhere. What do you think is better for his legacy? Staying in Golden State or going to New York City? Just between those two things. Just between those two things. Going, Going to New York for sure. Mm. Yeah, like hundred percent. He has nothing to gain in Golden State. He's 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 tapped out. Yeah, I mean, what? Like, I mean, I mean, the next one is will the Warriors win the championship, right? And I think the answer to that is definitely not. Mm. In any scenario, if everyone stays, if they resign everybody, I don't think they're going to win the championship. And so, I think. You know, I mean, I, like I think it's 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 like to go for the four peat. If they if he wins the four peat, it definitely adds something to his legacy, and he he all of a sudden has something that a lot of guys don't have. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Jordan doesn't have. No. You know that would be incredible, but. I feel like he's going to be a year older. Like if he leaves after that, then he'll be a year older. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a crazy big free agent year. So it'll be a little bit harder. He's going to have to join someone where they already are. You know, the, the kind of, 
idea of that's a little bit different. It's not going to be like they're starting it together, you know, and then who knows what's going to happen and he could get hurt and he's going to be on the decline kind of, he's going to be, you know, what, 31 at that point. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it all makes sense for him to, to leave now. Let's see. I always liked, I'm on basketball reference. I always liked that his nickname, one of his nicknames is Slim Reaper. Yeah. He's uh he's 30 turning 31. Oh, he's already turning 31. He's turning 31. He's 30. So he'll be like 30. 32, yeah, in a couple of years. Yeah. So, I yeah. I think definitely he's gone. For all the reasons that you mentioned, I think I think teaming up with Kyrie is a fun, fresh, new idea. He's always loved Kate, Kyrie. That's like been one of the things that he's always said. I think the problem with Jim Dolan is the big hurdle. Like no one really wants right. to play for him. Um, but you know, he already moved his like agent and his business and his manager all the way over to New York already. Like mm. I I always like to follow the signs outside of basketball. Like what's interesting is um Chris Paul sold his LA house six months before he moved to Houston. Mm. So like there's things that are happening behind the scenes that indicate that people are moving something like LeBron James buying two Brentwood houses in LA. Like there, there are things that are happening right before they sign their contract because any smart person, like if you move to a different city, usually you're going to look for a job, get the job or like you're going to look for a job, get a job get housing like you take steps to make sure that you're not just not walking in there homeless right <laughs> so the these are kind of the steps that these nba players are taking like finding a ho- location getting your company out there all these things to be able to ensure a smooth transition and it sounds like all signs are pointing to new york for his personal reasons for his friendship with Kyrie, for the finality of golden state it does seem like this is the end of the end of the era let's go out Last bang, last hurrah, and we'll, you know, shake hands and call it a day. But do you think if he goes to New York, he'll win a championship? I think there is, he's, a, he's one of the front runners. Like him and Kyrie are all automatically become a really good team. You, it depends on what you put around them. Like, what are they going to do with Dennis Smith Jr.? <laughs> Can they flip him for anything? I don't know. You know why don't they just keep Porzingis? I don't know. <laughs> if they had Porzingis, Katie, and Kyrie, yes. <laughs> but you know, wh- why why keep a unicorn? Why I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll win a championship. Mm. You know what I think the right move is for Katie? What? Come to, to the, the Lakers after the-, the LeBron gets traded. <laughs> For Anthony Davis. Go to the Clippers. Why? Because Kawhi's going to go there. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll win. I think they'll win championships. Katie, Kawhi, and they package something for Anthony Davis? I don't think Kyrie and Katie is a good match. Mm. Two ball-dominant players? 
there's a lot of reasons why. Mm. I think, yeah, they're both ball dominant. Uh, they're passive both, aggressive. Yeah, they're both like personality wise. They're both not passive aggressive. They're not good with the media. They're not good leaders. Even they're, I don't know, like that. Neither of them really. I mean, Katie is capable of playing good help defense, mm-hmm. but neither one of them is very like a strong one-on-one defender. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them is good at setting a culture or like being an example. Like neither one of them is even tough. Mm-hmm. I feel like mentally or even physically. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's not a great match. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like you want someone to counterbalance you like Kevin Durant with stuff. Yes. Like uh, Kyrie and I don't know, Kawhi. Yeah. Well, I th- yeah. So I think either of them with Kawhi would be a lot better than them together. Because Kawhi is he's unrattled quiet. and yeah, confident. He's, he's he's you know he's very reserved. He's very like consistent. You know he plays excellent defense. He's physically tough. You know he doesn't have any drama. He's a, you know, and so he's not going to care about all that stuff. He'll just be about basketball. And I think that will help the other one, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever it is, if it's Kyrie, like he also will adopt a little bit of Kawhi, right? Kawhi will also adopt a little bit of Kyrie. But you know, so he might become a little. I think his game actually might improve. He'll learn some more offense. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll become. You know, he'll be like he'll all of a sudden because you see that all the time. It's mm-hmm. like the team that Chris Paul is on, all of a sudden the backup point guard also starts doing Chris Paul's moves. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the team that Steph is on, all of a sudden everyone's shooting threes, right? right? The team that, you know, James Harden's on, then the other guys are doing step backs. It's like it just happens because you're practicing against that guy all the time and you start you start learning his moves. You know, you start learning his kind of little defensive tricks. You start learning the things that they do. And I think that will happen. So it will help Kawhi's game some. You know, it will improve him offensively. But I think what will happen to the other player, the other star player, like KD or Kyrie, is they would calm down. Because mm. <laughs> they'll see Kawhi in the media and they're like, this guy never talks. right? Mm. Like, this guy never says anything. His name doesn't show up in the paper. And also, it will change the dynamic of that situation. Right? So all of a sudden, KD will be kind of a little bit more of a boring story because he's next to Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And that's not as explosive as maybe some other, you know, duos out there or they won't have as much drama. And so I think that will help them just be about the business of basketball. Do you think that's what happened to Kobe once Pau joined? You know, yeah, I think so. I think Pau balanced out Kobe very well. He made Kobe um, a better leader? Yeah, he was more Friendlier? chill. Yeah, Friendlier? He was, he's a very like congenial guy, right? He's a nice guy. Um, and he kind of took Kobe's stuff, right? Like he took Kobe's abuse basically well. Mm-hmm. And I think that also helped the entire culture of the team, right? Because he diffused Kobe a little bit. That helped other guys. And other guys could see like when a star player like Pau is taking Kobe's advice and he's taking it in a good way, right? Like even if it sounds bad, he takes it well. It improves his game. And then other guys also see that. And they also see like, oh, you know, it's like we don't all have to revolt all the time. You know, like we don't all have to be angry and like, you know, passive aggressive all the time. Sometimes there is there's a benefit to just like listening and just learning and just getting better. 
it's tough to have two alphas on the same team. And if you do, one of the alphas has to be easygoing. Yeah, like Shaq. Yeah. But even them, they didn't last forever. They didn't, but they won three championships in a but row. They, which, but they won three championships. Yeah, as we've pointed out, not many people have done. So, I mean, you know, I just think, like, that's the problem with, with Kyrie and, and KD, though. Is like neither of them is very... I don't I don't know like I think they just don't know who they are kind of mm. and and you need you need that right like or that's not the right that's not the right way to put it I think neither of them is very secure in themselves mm-hmm. they're kind of insecure they're kind of defensive and that's not you know that's that you can't lead like that yeah I I think it's it's hard you know, it, it this is this is kind of similar to when T Mac and Yao got today got together. Mm. Um, Jeff Van Gunny was, you know, upset or he was frustrated that his best players weren't the captains of the team. Right. Yeah. You know. You know. Like they just they just wanted to do their own thing. They were a little aloof. They 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 wanted to play basketball, but they weren't leading their team. They weren't the leaders. The role players were the leaders of the team, right? And that ultimately ended up, you know, blowing up in their face and never got out of the first round. When, Both when the very yeah. talented players. When the best players are not the captains, a team is capped out. Mm-hmm. Like they can only go so far because it means that, like, like the best player doesn't want to be accountable. You know, like they don't want to step up. They don't want to bear the burden of leadership. And that's really hard, I think, for other players. You know, it just creates a vacuum of of leadership and also just kind of like understanding what role, you know, people have. But you know what, though? I think Kyrie does want to be the leader. He just does it really badly. <laughs> yeah, he does it very poorly. <laughs> I mean, he could improve. Honestly, Kyrie's young and he grew up in the LeBron James School of Leadership. And so... <laughs> I think unknowingly he's kind of doing the same. Unwittingly he's being just like his parents, kind of like what we all do. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, yeah, he could get better. I think, but it's just uh, I don't see it. I don't see it being a good match. Then finally, definitely, maybe the Warriors will win the championship next year. Yes, I mean I already said what I think, but definitely not. Yeah. It's it's really hard to be be able to see what they will do. Based based on everything that we've talked about, it's going to be the 2015 Warriors in 2020. It's going to be K, it's going to be Steph, it's going to be Clay, it's going to be Draymond, Iguodala, Sean Livingston, Kevin Looney. <laughs> oh, God, maybe Andrew yeah. Bogut if maybe Andrew Bogut if he persists. You know, like that's going to be their team. And as great as I believe Steph is, and as much of a flamethrower as I think Clay is, and as much of a fight that is I'll put up, as I think that they'll put up, they have championship fatigue. They're yeah. fighting Draymond's age, and they're fighting a lot, a lot of what I feel like are hungry teams right now, especially with Giannis up and coming, especially with... Houston still chipping at their tails and especially with Russell Westbrook and Paul George humming the way they are. There are a lot of hungry contenders that are on the block. And I think 
the dynasty has will finally have come to an end. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think OKC will step up. I I think uh, they'll probably go to like the Western Conference Finals and lose. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's I to me that's the most likely scenario for the Warriors next year. I think they'll still be a good regular season team, but I think come the playoffs um like they're going to start to show cracks and and like their weaknesses a little bit. Steph's going to get roughed up like he has been in the past and they're not going to quite have like basically a closer, I think. Hmm. And, and when it gets tight they're going to lose. To me, I feel like Houston. <laughs> I don't know. I just have no faith in Houston. <laughs> yeah, I sure. feel like they're. I feel like they're kind of going nowhere. Like, if they don't beat the Warriors this year, I feel like they're basically kind of like the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> you know, like against the Lakers, like they're yeah. th- like they basically have one goal. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like this is this is what we must do. Like we must beat the juggernaut. And once the juggernaut kind of fades. They just kind of – they're not quite as motivated either. Right. I feel like their whole organization, even like from, you know, Daryl Morey, like D'Antoni, like, you know, their star players, they're just going to kind of be like, dang. Like, like I feel like Chris Paul, if he doesn't beat Golden State in the playoffs, he's just going to be like, what is my life? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, I never got to, like, throw it in Steph's face. You know, James Harden, to me, he's he, he doesn't care that much. Like, I just – feel like he just wants to put up numbers and just kind of have fun and i think they'll just fade away i i think one last question for you of this entire warriors dynasty talk what's funny is that the best player and who we think is probably the best player in the nba we haven't really talked about steph curry steph curry will he win another championship after this season I don't think so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't think so. It's hard to see a path for it because he's going to end his career in Golden State. It's going to be him and Clay together. Who is going to join that at that at, at, after this? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's unlikely that any star will come to Golden State. Nobody wants to help them, right? Like at this mm-hmm. point, you know. If they win this year, I mean, Steph and Clay will have four rings. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the thing is, too, I, I feel like other NBA players don't like Steph, really. Mm. You know, like he's not the kind of guy. I think they all respect him, you know, at this point. I think they respect him as a basketball player. They respect him as a man. They respect kind of like what he represents. But I don't think they like him. I don't think they're like friends with him. I don't mm. think he has a lot of friends in the NBA. And I think that's partly because, you know, he has a life outside the NBA. I think, you know, I I don't think to him this is everything. You know, he's never given that impression. And so he will be content whatever the circumstance. Like, I'm not saying he's not a competitor. He doesn't want to win. But I think he already, I feel like this season, he's not quite as motivated as the other guys, if anything, he's probably motivated to get a finals MVP. <laughs> I think that's the one thing he really wants. Uh, so he better get it this year because if he doesn't, he's just not going to have one. But 
you know, and then he's he's getting old, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You he, know, once he, you hit, once you hit thirty two, thirty three, and you know, it, it's it, it's like a pretty steep decline. I think thirty four yeah. is basically the last year that a player can be still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like still kind of what they were, still look like what they were. I think once you go to thirty five, it's over. He he is 31 this yeah. year, you know. Uh, he's averaging 28, five five, one steal, 47 percent from the field, 43 percent from three. Numbers that have dropped a bit from early on in the season when he was yeah when he was like 55. No, I mean he's still yeah he's still amazing. You know, and he'll be good for two more years. He'll be in the MVP conference. He might win an MVP next year. That's the thing, right? Like he could win a regular season MVP. Another one because the Warriors could have like the best regular season record again if they're motivated, but they won't win a championship. It's and then hard. He's worse. It, yeah, it's hard to see him really motivated after this year. It, well, it's hard. I think he will be motivated, though, because if KD's gone, the team will have new motivation to prove that they can win again without KD. Sure. Right? And then KD will have the opposite motivation, right? The thing is, I just don't think they'll be good enough to. Yeah. It's 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 tough. Everyone's getting better. Everyone's getting hungrier, whereas you've already ate four times. Yeah. And you're getting older. Like, that's the yeah. part of... Like, if it was... If he was 20... If he was turning, like, 28... Yeah, then I would be like, nah, because because he's going to get better for two more years. Right. You know, and then he's going to become a crazier monster. And then, you know, everybody better look out. But, you know, he's it's he's over. You know, he's he's declining. So sad times for all you Warriors fans, the dynasty. Enjoy it while it lasts. This will be the last year. All right. We'll hit you back after this with our two for the road. Stay tuned. All right, we are back with our two for the road, and I am going to take both two for the road. I have a story for you. Not enough air time for you, huh? <laughs> not, not enough air. You talk too much. <laughs> That's what the listeners say. That's what the listeners say. They're like, Joe, Joe, Joe too much. I like you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, too bad, guys. <laughs> so... I think we should start a children's book. I wrote a children's book. We hmm. should have it, you know, from the SBR pod. The story of LaBear. LaBear <laughs> James. Let me read you the story. Once upon a time, there was a very special bear. His name was LaBear James. He has big paws, fast twitch fibers, and sharp eyes. He was a very awe-inspiring bear. Now, all the animals in the forest said he was the best salmon catcher since Michael Jaguar. (laughs) Maybe better. Animals from the far west heard about this and asked LaBear to help them catch salmon in their lake. They were having a lot of trouble catching salmon. There were three animals that came to bring LaBear James to the west. Luke Walrus, who could see fish in the lake and instruct the bears where to go. Robin Palinka and the Magic Hawk would fly over the lake and oversee all the bears in the land. Now, 
LeBear took them up on their offer and moved to a brand new lake where he promised to help young bears capture more salmon and even told them about the great golden salmon. But LeBear had demands for the hawk and the robin. He said he needed a stick as a fishing pole and a rock as a net. And the birds got those for him, but they warned him that they probably wouldn't work. LeBear said, trust me, I'm the greatest salmon catcher of all time. They said, okay. LeBear commanded the young bears to stop fishing and to instead get the fire started, sharpen his stick, hold his rock. He said this was the best way to capture salmon. So they obliged. LeBear told the walrus he could see fish better than him. He wanted the walrus to play decoy instead and splash and guide the fish <laughs> to him. He said, okay. They didn't catch much salmon that year. <laughs> All the other animals in the forest were confused. The other animals started to get really angry at West Lake. Why wasn't the walrus pointing out the fish? LeBear needs someone to do that. <laughs> Why were these young bears so bad at catching fish? LeBear needs a lion instead. <laughs> these birds are so dumb. LeBear needs a fishing pole and a net, not a stick and a rock. LeBear has no help. <laughs> At the end of the fishing season, the bears caught less fish than they did last season. Oh, no. When the animals asked about the great golden salmon, LeBear said, If the Westlake scared away the great golden salmon. But he's seen the golden salmon nine times, but he's only caught it three times. <laughs> but those six other times, the other animals scared it away. Then all the animals applauded. All hail LeBear! <laughs> the end. I thought you were going to talk about, like... Wade the duck and like <laughs> I, I, I Chris I, the Dino and, you know <laughs> I was I was thinking about that. At first when I wrote this story uh it it involved LaBear I guess that's another story we can write. <laughs> oh yeah, it could just be the ventures of LaBear. <laughs> The Adventures of LeBear. But what is the moral of the story, Cliff? I have to ask you, what is the moral of this children's story? The moral of the story is sometimes you reap what you sow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Basically, you, basically, you caused all of this. <laughs> You deserve 45% of Blazing Pizza. <laughs> but at the end, uh, all the animals hailed LeBear. <laughs> they did. Sometimes, don't, don't, don't listen to what all the other animals are saying. You have to look deeper into the box score to see the truth. <laughs> <laughs> into the bear score. <laughs> Into he only the caught 34 fish <laughs> out of 82. But they caught 35 fish last year. Yes. Does that mean LeBear is better than the what they bears. had? I don't know. The story needs work. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can make a children's book out of this. Mm. It, it has to be about like the failures of LeBear. 
That's what I think. It has to be about how LeBaire tries to do things and then he fails. And and he only, he's learning things from other animals. Yeah, I see. I was much more concerned about just in this snapshot, LeBaire doing so many bad things, but all the animals saying, but he's so big. <laughs> His paws are so strong. <laughs> how the other animals possible? get angry. Yeah, the other. Why isn't, the wal- Why isn't Luke Walrus doing anything? <laughs> Why aren't the young bears doing anything? That's so weird. Like, why? He but needs the, a fishing the... pole and a net, not a stick and a rock. Why did they get this Javel McRock? Why did they get <laughs> Rayshon the stick? <laughs> Rayshon the stick, though. Why? I'd like to point out that this is a fictional story. <laughs> it's not based on any. Anything is all just coincidence. <laughs> we sh- we should do this w- once a month. <laughs> we'll write a story about LeBaire. Yeah, LeBaire. LeBaire. Yeah, LeBaire. <laughs> this is what LeBaire, the story of LeBaire and the West in the West Lake. <laughs> Yeah, we should do the bear and the South Beach. (laughs) The Cavalier Le Bear. (laughs) Yeah. The The very Cavalier Le Bear. Well, it'll be the Cavalier Le Bear part one, and then the Cavalier Le Bear part two. And then there can be a uh, LeBaire makes a big decision. (laughs) (laughs) LeBaire gathered all the animals of the forest and all the rabbits and all the young young cubs (laughs) sat around at the random (laughs) Bears and Girls Club. And Jim, Jim the Gray Bear, asked the bear, "What is your decision?" And the bear said, uh, "I'm going to go- <laughs> This summer, oh, this is this is really this is really hard. Um, and this fall, man, this is, this is very tough. I've decided." I'm going to take my paws to South Beach. <laughs> With Waitapus. <laughs> uh, and Chrysanosaurus Bosch. <laughs> and we're going to catch not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Seven golden salmon. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you can tell the, the tales of LeBaire. It's going to be a whole new segment. <laughs> this needs to move out of... This is way too much for two for the... This, is, this needs to be its own, its whole own thing. <laughs> and then, once we tell all the, the tales of LeBaire, the adventures of LeBaire, we'll go to... <laughs> the tales of the Mamba. Mamba! Yeah, and then we could tell a story about how, um, you know, all the animals got together and, uh, you know, they went 
they climbed up a high mountain and they met the goat and <laughs> why why is the goat living on the mountain <laughs> and the goat was ready to pass down his what do goats have <laughs> do they have horns what do they what do they have something is something and we could talk about that you know yeah so the story of Labert will continue this is Labert at the West Lake you know it has some it has some who can animate this for us we we need someone to draw this out we'll sell it on Amazon there it goes the tales of Labert colon West Lake yeah yeah I like it I like it yeah not bad Thanks everyone for listening to the People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate. Five star, five star, five star. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. This was SBR with Cliff and Joe. Peace. Peace. I I think it's fine. It's just that the thing that annoys me is that it just cuts out at certain points. And it's just like, oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, Clippy is not good. Yeah. Clippy. Do you know what Clippy? <laughs> you know what Clippy is? Yeah, it's the Microsoft Word icon. <laughs> the office. <laughs> There's that one episode where Daryl's like, there used to be a little <laughs> hyperclip that would appear and say, looks like you are writing a letter. Or a resume. <laughs> Looks like you're writing a resume. <laughs> His name was Clippy. <laughs> <laughs>